Welcome to the Common Ground Unity Podcast, where we have great conversations with unity-minded Christians. Our goal is to encourage unity of the Spirit within the Stone Campbell Movement and beyond. We believe unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and join us as we seek to fulfill Jesus' prayer that we may all be one. And now, here are your co-hosts, Megan Rawlings and... Kevin Witham. Welcome back to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. We're so glad to have each of you with us, and we are excited. I say we. Uh, we are down our co-host, Megan Rawlings, this week. She's going to be away for a couple of weeks and then rejoin us um, several weeks from now. So, um, I'm doing this alone, but we've got a terrific guest with us today, uh, Jeff Walling, who many of you know already, but I want to take just a few moments and give him an introduction. I consider Jeff both uh, a, a friend and someone I've admired for many years and have certainly been blessed by his ministry, as have so many of you. And before I get into the formal introduction, I just want to say something about uh, Jeff I was about 14 or 15 years old back during the days of the soul winning workshops. And there was one out here in California up in Fresno and I was about 14 or 15 and I go into this large gathering and, and there's a guy up there preaching and I'm sitting way back in the crowd and I, there's this booming voice and great message. And at the end, people are responding to the invitation like it's a Billy Graham crusade. And after the session, the speaker was Jeff Walling. So after the session, I get up, kind of closer to the front. And I see that Jeff looked to be about 12 years old. Uh, he was actually, I think, just a couple of years older than me. So Jeff has been preaching since he was uh, very young and he comes by it uh, through a, a faithful family line in the Stone Campbell Restoration Movement. So to say a couple of things more formally to introduce you, Jeff, Jeff is currently uh, the director of the Youth Leadership Initiative through Pepperdine University. And for over 30 years, he's been speaking before thousands every year in inspirational and motivational workshops and seminars across the globe. Uh, he's preached to some of the largest churches in the country. Uh, he's regularly called on to speak at keynote youth conferences, both uh, within Churches of Christ and Christian churches. He's one of those guys that's uh, as well known to people uh, in each of the streams of this movement. And that's why it's such a blessing to have him uh, with us. He's not only done a lot of uh, uh, preaching in seminars and workshops, he's been in local ministry for uh, much of his life uh, prior to this particular chapter where he's working with Pepperdine and working to develop future leaders. So, uh, Jeff, it is just a delight to have you with us. Welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you, Kevin. And I got to say, you you sound so professional. You have one of those, you know, kind of welcome and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, kind of voices. I have always, always admired that. So thanks for making my bio sound so impressive. I mean, I was excited about it. And then I realized, oh, that's just me. <laughs> well, Jeff, that boy, I'll tell you that that is mutual. It's a blessing to have you here. And I know people are uh, would be interested to be asking you a lot of questions. So it's a pleasure for me to be able to uh, spend a little time asking those questions on behalf of people. But, but before we get started, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your spiritual life, your, your beginnings in the Stone Campbell movement. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your 
move into ministry and how that developed and transpired. And, uh, and then what brought you to where you are today, doing what you're doing for Pepperdine? You're doing great things to develop uh, leaders for the future. Well, thank you. Uh, nothing like a simple question to start with. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was born in Loma Linda, California. Uh, no, my uh, my dad was a minister, so I grew up in a preacher's house, Kevin, and uh, learned very early about Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, watching baptisms and having VBS. And uh, he was a preacher for the Church of Christ first in Redlands, California, and then in Downey. And uh, we moved back, actually, to Redlands. There's a mark of a really great minister when you can go someplace else for 12 years and your old church says, oh, please, we need you back. And yes. uh, we ended up moving, moving back there. But <clears throat> I was so surrounded by ministry and by Christianity that, one, uh, I, I'm afraid I, I never really thought about it as a career. I just was going to go and be a doctor. I remember seeing a movie with, uh, oh, man. Fred McMurray called Rally Round the Flag Boys. And in this, in this Disney film, he was a doctor. And he had this big house and, and you know, wore the white coat and helped people. And I thought, man, I love that. I, I'd like to get me a white coat like that. So somewhere in elementary school, I thought, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. Uh, by the time I got to high school, I had a counselor that said, hey, you could do that. And so I went off to the University of California, Irvine. And started into chemistry. And it didn't take but about three months for chemistry to convince me that that was not my calling. Uh, I, it, was, it was just awful. I was abysmal at it. But at the same time that I was frustrated about my not being able to maybe do something that I wanted to do, or at least finding out really, I, I really didn't want that. I wanted the white coat and be able to help people. So I settled for wearing a tie and helping people. And uh, my ministry career started out, wow, what is a ministry career anyway, right? Because we believe in the priesthood of all believers. Don't you believe that, Brother Witham? Amen. Amen. Okay, all right. I'm well, tracking then, with you. Then we, then we could ask any of our members <laughs> what, their, what their ministry life was. But um, my dad started getting us some of the young boys in the congregation up. And I, I say young boys, and I mean only boys at that time some of the young boys up to give little talks. And at 12 years old, I did indeed give my first little five-minute lesson on Noah and had a sweet little lady come up after church and said, boy, you did such a good job at that. You're going to make a great preacher. And I thought, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but before you know it, I'm into high school. I'm being called on from time to time to speak. Our congregation launched a thing called the Joy Bus Ministry. Oh, you know, yes. you try, you try and describe, Kevin, you try and describe that to some, somebody today, and they're like, <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. I think my ministry uh, uh, life started as a runner, uh, running up yeah. to doors, and then I graduated, was promoted to an activity director. Oh, now that's, that's high cotton there. Absolutely. When you're the one trying to keep 40 kids entertained on a 45-minute drive to church, right? Absolutely. <laughs> an absolutely impossible task. Uh, yeah, but what great training, right? Absolutely. I mean, you, talk, you, you talk about that. I, to think that we would go up to doors um, on Saturday, right? Yes. And you'd go up and knock on a door and say, hi, you don't know me. I don't know you. Uh, but we'd like to take your children for three or four hours to a place you've never been. We don't have any <laughs> insurance forms or anything. In fact, 
if they show up with friends, we'll take them too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and those people, buses were packed. Oh, the people signed this. Just sign, sure, yeah, come by. I got three kids. Can you take them all? Yeah, we'll take them all. Now the neighbor kid one, that's fine. Sign them up. I yes. mean, I think back to that and think, wow. I mean, it wouldn't get to first base today with, with any with any church leadership meeting. But, man, God used that crazy, you know, I call those hole-in-the-roof ideas, right? Yes, yes. And we've I've got friends today, people I know, that came into the church through the Joy Bus ministry. They were introduced Absolutely. to it I by served riding our Joy Buses. One of the elders uh, at the church I served in for 18 years at Providence Road in Charlotte, North Carolina, when I sat down with him to say, well, tell me a little bit about your story. Their kids were being brought to the church on the joy bus. And finally, he said to his wife, well, I guess we ought to go see what they're doing over there. And that's how he ended up being introduced to Jesus. So I, I, oh. I, was, I was baptized into all this very early in life. Uh, but then after, uh, <clears throat> after getting through, through college, and uh, starting out as a youth minister and then ending up preaching in Mission Viejo, I remember hearing, and it was kind of a, it was kind of a funny thing, at the same time I, I was hearing some about the International Churches of Christ, which back then, I mean, I, I actually knew Chuck Lucas and, um, and, and remember the beginnings of that and being so moved and, and, and impressed. Well, you two were probably speaking on lectureships and, and workshops together. Oh, abs- absolutely. And to, and to hear some of their uh, leaders talk about, we baptized 100. I mean, that was back in the day when nobody in the Stone Campbell movement that I knew of was baptizing 100 people in a right. year. Right. Um, and, and, and at the same time, I was getting to know, and, and in fact, uh, wow, uh, I got an invitation to come speak at a youth rally and a little church in Boston where a fellow named Kip McKean mm. was teaching and had lunch with he and Elena and some others. I look back on those times and thought, wow, God, God was giving me a front row seat to seeing some amazing things happen, some wonderful things happen, and also being aware of some challenging things that were happening. Now, at the same time, I got introduced to my brothers and sisters who owned pianos. Uh, and and played them on on Sundays. I'm curious, Kevin. When when's the first time you went to a service where they had, as we call them, instruments of music, as opposed to just instruments? You know, like what? Uh, the first time torture? I did it. The first time I did it with public knowledge, or the first time I just did it. <laughs> How confessionally do we want to get here? Why does this sound like we're talking about the first time you smoked a joint? Oh, my goodness. You know, the first time my folks know I snuck out and had just a little bit of piano. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my dad grew up in a Presbyterian church before he oh. came into a restoration church. Oh. So that was always a little bit of a, a source of discussion at my house. He never kind of adopted that idea that there's something really wrong with uh, instrumental music, and my mom at that time took a, uh, a much stricter approach to that. So that was always a source of a little bit of discussion in my home. Oh, Kevin, if I could only have met your dad back then as an <laughs> 18-year-old preacher, I could have straightened him out so fast. Absolutely. I, I mean, just made sure he understood there was a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I think back at some of the things that I said 
I just, God, God is so gracious. I mean, the very fact that I'm, that I'm talking to you and somebody didn't just, just beat the stew out of me is, is an amazing and wonderful <laughs> thing uh, because I was so legalistic. I, I didn't even know what that word was. I just thought it meant Christian. And, and, and I just was so committed to explaining to everybody why they were wrong and we, and that is the churches of Christ, Occupel churches where I grew up, were right. So when I started, <clears throat> well, I, I guess I can tell this story fast. Do you know, anytime a preacher says that, you know that's a lie, don't you? Absolutely. Brother? Buckle up. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm a youth minister in Southern California, and I get this call. Um, actually, back in the day, it was a letter, uh, something that was for our younger readers, made with paper. And, uh, you, you know, you put some ink on it, and they fold right. it up, and you stick it in a box. And in about a week, it gets to the guy you're sending it to. That's why yes. nobody uses it anymore. I vaguely so, remember those. Uh-huh. I, I, get, <clears throat> I get this letter from a Church of Christ in Illinois inviting me to come to speak at a big teen event. And I thought, well, that's great. So we're, you know, corresponding back and forth, and then we get on the phone. He says, I'm so thrilled you're willing to do this, you know. And I, well, I'm happy to. I mean, I quite frankly, do it a lot. Well, sure. great, super, works everything out. Then I get a call from him. He says, now I want you to know we're having, and I don't remember, it might have been Zach Moody, but we're having this particular person uh, as our worship leader. I wanted to make sure that was okay. Well, I'd never been asked to pick a song leader before. And so I said, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know him, but I'm sure he'll be fine. Okay, well, I just... Man, we're, oh, we appreciate your willingness to do this. I'm like, yeah. And I'm thinking this must be a really, I don't know, ugly church building or the weather must be terrible in Illinois. I didn't know if I'd been to <laughs> Illinois before. But you can see this coming, that I got a poster in the mail. They wanted to send me one with my picture on it so I could show it to my wife and my mama. And um, in fact, I was not married at that point. I, I, I need to get that right. I was not married at that point. I was dating her. I unfurl this poster, and there's a picture of me and a picture of uh, David Meese, who is going to do a concert there, and the picture of the worship leader, he was holding a guitar. Oh, my. I thought, what an odd thing for them to have a picture of a song leader holding a guitar. <laughs> well, you can tell where this is heading. Within, uh, within hours, I am on the phone because I couldn't Google the Olney Church of Christ, to find out that it was an independent Christian church. It, right. it wasn't a, quote, you know, classic Church of Christ. Yes, you didn't and, realize oh, there were churches up north wearing that name? That uh, Absolutely. No, that's like McDonald's. That's illegal. Yes. You just can't slap McDonald's right. on your building and call it a burger. <laughs> so, so I got in a phone conversation with this guy, and he was so, he was so gracious. And I, I just said, I... I, I I wondered why this guitar is on this picture, and he explained that they're an instrumental church. And I said, but I thought you were a church of Christ. He said, we are. And I said, no, no, you're not. You can't be a church of Christ and have instruments. And he went on to explain that there were many, many northern churches in that region that, that had instruments but used the name Church of Christ. Well, I, I just, I struggled. I said, I, 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 I can't do this. And he said, Mr. Mr. Walling, that's why we called, and that's why we were so thankful, and that's why you signed the contract. And I'm, I'm, I'm backpedaling, Kevin, as fast as I can. And finally, I said, well, right before I get up to speak, could, could maybe the song leader do one a cappella song? 
thinking that would give me the opening <laughs> to get up and say, I'm glad we sang that way. That's the sure. way the church where I go sings. And of course, the way Jesus and the apostles and all the early church sang. You know, it, it, I, yes. I could have led right into a straighten you out moment. Man, I wish I was kidding about this. <laughs> yes. Um, and it, he said, well, why don't you talk to the, to the worship leader? So we arranged a phone call. And uh, he was ready for me. He said, I, I hear you've got a problem with the worship we're planning. And I said, no, 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 I, I, I don't. I just, I said, I, I explained my background. I explained that I, I really thought that, you know, acapella worship was really the way God wanted it done. And mm -hmm. After a lengthy pause, he said, so let me make sure I understand. You want to change the way 3,000 students worship because of mm. your traditions. Well, mm. that, that stopped me dead in my tracks for a moment. And I said, oh, oh, no, sir. I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't want to change the way 3,000 students worship. I thought you were the only one with a guitar. Um, mm. That did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can but, only but imagine. But he sang an acapella song right before a verse of one, right before I got up. But Kevin, the big change in me that day was sitting there watching these teens worship with a, you know, a guy playing a guitar. And I think there may have been a small band backing him up. But seeing teenagers lifting their hands and praising God with all their might. And I thought, okay, God, something's up. And I had a, a really good seat because they put me up on the podium, which meant... You know, sitting up there on the dais, yes, I I, I couldn't sing because what if somebody saw me sing? Then I would be aiding and abetting. You know, right? This this might be put on video or film at that time. <laughs> so <laughs> so so there I was sitting silently, but it, it, God had me there to see all of that. And really, since since that time, I have been so thankful to have great relationships with our brothers and sisters in the Independent Christian Church, as well as uh, in the. Um, uh, in the ICOC, the International Churches of Christ. And did, did uh, that impact where you were serving at that time, the fact that you had gone to a church setting like that, led the worship to that big group of young you know, people with instrumental praise? How did that impact things back home? Well, back then, back before the advent of the Internet, it was a yes. wonderful thing that very seldom would news of that kind of thing necessarily spread. Now, it did in a couple of what we used to call brotherhood papers. And right. there were folks who were writing me up. And, you know, I I, <clears throat> I used the, oh boy, <laughs> I'm sounding like such a cheesehead. <laughs> I, I, used, I used the line, well, now, with anybody who'd bug me, brothers, I, if the Rotary Club asks me to come and speak about Jesus, I'll go anywhere and speak about Jesus. Yes, yes you I know, know that line. It's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful dodge to avoid the real question, which is, do you think God actually thinks these are Christians? And that, that was the question that kept me awake at night. That was the question that I had to work through and ultimately say, oh my goodness, who, you know, as, as Peter said, who am I to say, oh no, you know, God, I, I, I can't baptize this guy, or, or I, you know, I can't have anything to do with that guy. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's so uh, true that, that what often happens with us, it's easy 
to, you know, argue these points in articles and uh, post things today where we differ with people um, yes. and express our point. But when we really get to know people and see people who love Jesus as much as we do, have such a, a passion for the gospel, it's that uh, getting to know one another and experiencing them in person up front as you did, that 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 is a life-changing kind of a watershed moment, I'm sure, for you. And and we're hoping to see more of that just in smaller ways through common grounds. I mean, unity starts Absolutely. with a cup of coffee. It starts with Absolutely. It is it is just hard to to demonize and judge somebody that you've sat down and had a cup of coffee, that you've sat down and had that that burger with. Yes. And, and I think God intended it that way. I, I think that's what the Lord's Supper is. You know, if I look at you and break bread, if we if we drink the cup, I, I, I know you're just like me. You are flesh and blood, broken and busted. And if we could just be reminded more of that. So I'm so thankful for the way God moved John, Teal, and others to to launch something as simple as let's just let's just sit together and talk. Yes. If we could just see more of that, more of that person to person instead of lobbing bombs at one another or writing articles to refute this or correct that, boy, let's really hear one another's hearts, see one another's passion for Christ, see our, our common faith. Love that story, Jeff. Didn't know that story. And, well, and it's, a, it's, a, it's in some ways, you know, just one of those little minor miracles of being at the, at the right place in the right time and to live in history, not only at a time when I could have experienced that, but fast forward 20 or 30 years, and I was able to be there on the night at the North American Christian Convention, which I, I had no idea growing up. There was this whole other wing of kind of soul-winning workshop type events yes. that were conducted within the independent Christian churches. And um, I, I just was so blessed to stand on stage with, with Dave Stone, who was preaching at that point for the Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, one of the largest churches in America, and exchange Bibles with him as a sign and a symbol of the fact that we both preach out of the same book. We both call people to you know, hear and believe and repent and confess and be baptized. And we need to recognize our brotherhood. And we challenged all the preachers that were there to go back and Take your Bible down the street to the fellow at the Church of Christ and, and see if he'll have a cup of coffee with you. See if he'll talk with you. And Kevin, unfortunately, many of them said, no, actually he won't, but I am praying for him now. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's easier to lean a bit to the right than it is in some ways to lean to the left. Yes. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm with someone who's, quote, more conservative with me, then if I'm a legalist, I, I can handle that. But if I'm with someone who's less conservative, ooh, that's a scary thing. Yes. Because then maybe, maybe I'm doing, saying, involved in some things that just God would not approve of. As though 24 hours doesn't go by without any of us being involved in things that God doesn't approve of. Amen. Absolutely. Jeff, let me ask you this. So here, here you are. You're, you're involved in ministry where you are able to impact folks in independent Christian churches and churches of Christ. I mentioned at the start of the broadcast, you're one of those 
individuals who's probably as uh, well known in both streams of this movement, or at least those two streams, and and probably ICOC churches as well. Uh, if you were to sit down with you know uh, some dear brothers and sisters in a church of Christ, uh, or vice versa in an independent Christian church, uh, what would you say to the person in the the a cappella churches of Christ? Hey, here is something that we could really be blessed by, by our brothers and sisters here in the independent mm-hmm. Christian churches. Here's something I really admire that I see, you know, as a, as a group, a fellowship of churches that they really are strong in that could bless us. And then vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you take from your heritage in acapella churches where you'd say, well, here's something really that would bless you all? That's a really good question, Kevin. I, I think to the folks uh, in the churches of Christ, I'd say, listen, you need to get to know these independent Christian church brothers and sisters because they have a heart for evangelism. For the longest time, that was a, a something that ran deep, right, in the blood of the churches of Christ. Yes. And today it is our independent Christian church brothers and sisters. I mean, I, I'm, I'm blessed to be on the teaching staff at a church, a Christian church here uh, called Shepherd Church in Los Angeles. And last year, they baptized a thousand folks. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen if you don't believe in evangelism. Yes. So I believe we've got much to learn and to be challenged and encouraged by. On the flip side, I, I am intrigued by how many times I've introduced a, a preacher from the Churches of Christ to speak at a Christian church event, and they've said, wow, man, you guys have really got some great proclaimers of the word, some some great preachers, uh, in, in some ways, great, you know, revivalists. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think there are things that we can admire and learn from on both sides of the fence. But the big challenge, and I I, I put it this way for years, is to let go of the chalk. When you grow up thinking that you've got this piece of holy chalk and you you draw a circle around who's in and everybody else is out. And my circle initially was so small, our little church, right? The churches of Christ. And there were even some churches of Christ that, oh, we're doing things that, you know, my dad just really didn't know if that was right. And so our circle was really small and the line was clear. Mm -hmm. But then you meet these folks from the independent Christian church and, oh, well, international churches of Christ and oh my goodness. And so I'm, I'm busy wiping my line out and taking the chalk and drawing a a little bit bigger circle, then I feel really good about myself. And, and, and maybe, maybe an even, even larger circle than that. And I think, okay, God, now, now aren't you proud of me? Look what I've done, Lord. And I believe God just has one thing to say. Do you want to have the right circle? Well, y- yes, please. <laughs> he says, then give me the chalk. Because you can't draw it. We need to give the chalk to God and decide he's the one who has the right to sit in the judge's seat. <laughs> and I do not have the right to draw the circle at all. Yeah, it, it becomes not a question of how, how big am I willing to let that circle be. Maintaining the unity of the Spirit is recognizing the unity that the Spirit creates, not that we create. Amen. And boy, makes this a journey for us. Jeff, our time has has passed. We're going to come back with another podcast with you next week. Well, thank Um, you. Let let me give, you were going to say something there. Let me give you the opportunity to say that. 
Uh, really, I, I was just saying what you're doing, Kevin, what Common Grounds is doing, is I believe answering the prayer of Jesus. And we have asked Jesus for a whole lot for a long time. Our <laughs> prayers are often just gimme, gimme lists. So praise God for the ministry that you guys are leading and encouraging us in. What a great thing that we can in a small way answer Jesus's prayer when he said, Lord, may all those that believe in me through your message be one. Well, we just pray that it contributes towards something that I think that you and me and so many others have dreamed about and have wanted to contribute toward seeing happen. So Jeff, what a blessing to have you with us. Um, again, we're going to come back, folks, next week with another podcast with Jeff Walling. So, Jeff, good to be with you. Uh, we'll rejoin one another uh, for another conversation, and we hope that the folks listening will join us as well. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast with Megan and Kevin. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. There are plenty of resources, and you can subscribe to the weekly email articles, join the Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. We've also provided a link in the show notes for comments. You can ask questions or suggest topics and guests. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do that too through the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.